Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. Welcome to another edition of Pound Time Podcast. I am Brother L. Diazobra, formerly named Lyman White. Thank you for joining us today. Today I want to discuss a matter or issue that has been concerning to me for quite some time. Something that transpired quite a few years ago, but went unnoticed and unchecked. But as the Lord would have it, time has come around again. And this subject matter might not mean much to many, but I just want to bring it forward. Maybe we have some discussion, some dialogue, some conversation about, yes, what did happen? Why did that happen? How did that happen? And what am I talking about? Well, we know tomorrow is the start of the 2021 Olympics, which was canceled in 2020 because of the coronavirus, or what we now call COVID-19. Well, we know that the Summer Olympics is always doing the even years, like 10, no, 8, 12, 16, 20. I guess the same as our presidential race. I guess it's just coincidental, right? I don't know. But it's just always during those time of year, just we, they missed last year. So the 2020 Olympics will be played in 2021 in Tokyo. Japan will be hosting the 2021 Olympics. That starts tomorrow, July the 23rd. But what I want to bring forward is July of 2012 at the Olympics that transpired in London. So what happened that we're going to bring forward the 2012 Olympics from what? I mean, that was, oh, I'm sorry, that was nine years ago. Well, something that I noticed, and I was questioning it to myself, like, okay, how is this coming about? Well, we know the Olympics, every country that hosts the Olympics, what they normally do is highlight, spotlight their greatest moments in their country. Their the history, their development, what brought them to where they are, their greatness, the evolution that transpired in their country. And that's the way everybody does it, right? To showcase their country where people can come and tour, people can come and be a part of their, their history, people can come and share, because they want everybody to come and be able to spend money in their country. Where in the 2012 Olympics that took place in London, England, there was a few unusual things that I thought was happening, and I couldn't figure that out. Like, okay, well, how did this come about? How do they do this? How did they do this? Well, we know the first part of the Olympics is what they call the opening of the Olympics, where the queen herself showed up with Jane Bonds. She jumped out of the helicopter with her parachute, which we know she didn't actually do that. But symbolically, you know, they had her to 
like she's jumping out, like she still is the queen. She's in great shape. She's still in position to rule and power to rule. But throughout the opening ceremony, they showed uh, Europe as they came out of the, they didn't really show the Ice Age, but we know that's how it came about. It came out of the Ice Age. And from there, they moved into many countries all over the world. And they showed that when they came out of the ground from under, under a tree. And they showed them moving out continuously. The men, no, they, they, didn't show the, they didn't show any women coming out of, the, out of the ground, but they showed all men. And they had men of different ethnicities coming out, which I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, some was of African descent and I guess uh, some other origins, origins, but it was pretty interesting to see that because I didn't figure out, I couldn't figure out how many of uh, people of African descent came out of, out of the origin of the European culture. So that was unusual. I know they were, they were just playing that they are multicultural, which is a new term now, and that they work with everybody. But anyway, they came out of the ground, and uh, I guess that ground also represented a cave, because the Europeans have been known to come out of a cave. That's where the term caveman come from, from what I was taught or what we was taught back in the days of school. But also, through, with the ships, they learned to navigate through the waters, they began to travel all over the world. And it took over many places, you know, took over many other countries that they still rule to this day. And they were showing that they went abroad and, you know, they took their culture, took their, uh, their expertise. Which we know they were businessmen with their top hats on. And one guy had the book to show that, you know, that they rule, they control the knowledge. And now that can be true. But we'd also know that a lot of knowledge was taken from other places that they utilize to their benefit. And that's what we all do, right? We take knowledge from others and we use it for our benefit. But fast forward, so as the people coming out, the men are coming out of the ground, or I would say coming out the cave of Europe, moving into other places, other countries, traveling the world, they begin, they, they created the industrialized society that we all know to this day. Although the African was the first to start smiting iron, the use, the use of iron thousands of years ago, but the Europeans did take it to another level. They started building a lot of different factories and trains and everything by using iron, metal, and made it where they can, you know, from the horse and buggy to cars to airplanes to where we now we can, they talking about traveling to the moon or traveling to Mars or traveling space. Where I'm getting to is that, yes, the opening ceremony was that, yeah, they had showing their industrialized society, how they moved from one place to another, from, from one evolution to another, transforming the world, transforming themselves, and all that was great. But there was a part of the Olympics that was kind of, it wasn't subtle, but it was just sitting there that I could not figure out how did Britain, England, claim this. If anybody can remember, I guess you can pull it up. You can just, you know, pull up the 2012 Olympics and the opening ceremony and the closing ceremony. As you look to watch ceremony at the top of the stadium, they had pyramids. I can't remember how many. If I was a guest, they had, they had one in the front and they had one in the back. So you're talking about 30 pyramids or more of design that was on top of the stadium, or maybe I would say 24 to 30 30 
It had to be more than 24. I would say at least close to 26 to 30 pyramids on top of the stadium. Well, to me, even back then in 2012, I was wondering, and I was like, how, do, or how and why do Britain have pyramids on top of their stadium? The pyramid is not part of the European culture. It's not part of European history. Matter of fact, I don't think there's one pyramid in Europe. I have heard that several years ago they found a pyramid that they stay a pyramid in Bosnia, one of the European countries. But one of the first and few, besides the one they built quite a few years ago, uh, a glass pyramid that was built that they used in front that was put in front of a mu their museum. That when you, before you walk in the museum, you walk through the pyramid because also in in, their, in the European museum. They got all the African history right there. If you want to study Africa, you got to go to Europe because they got all the history there. They took it all from Africa and brought it to Europe because the African history is so, so vast. It's phenomena. It goes back so far. All the things they've done, the development, what all they created. I mean, it's, it's endless when you think about it. But how and why did Britain put pyramids on top of their stadium? That's been a question I've been having in my mind. It just so happened the 2020 Olympics is now being held in Tokyo in 2021. And I just started the podcast several months ago, so we have a chance to have this dialogue on the pyramids in Europe, which I don't think they ever had that dialogue yet because there aren't any <laughs> from the knowledge or the understanding that I was taught of that I know of. So why did Britain put the pyramids on top of their stadium? What are they saying? What are they claiming? Are Britain now or London, England claiming that they are the creator of the pyramid, which the pyramids represent higher knowledge. It surpasses any other knowledge because any organization for the Masons, the Scottish Rites, the different organizations, they all use the pyramid. And we shared this once before. The pyramid is so powerful, they put it on back of a dollar bill. So that's how powerful the pyramid is. But the pyramid is the history of the ancient people of Africa, not just North Africa, it's quite a few places in Africa. We do know that Mali, Morocco, Ethiopia, Sudan, and the ancient Kemet, which we now call Egypt, where well, all the pyramids, you can find plenty of pyramids. Also in other countries, you can go to Mexico, go to Chichenia, find pyramids. You can go to so many different places and find pyramids. You can go right here to the United States and find pyramids. Matter of fact, I attended LSU. They had two pyramids, they have two pyramids to this day on LSU campus that they claim that are some of the oldest pyramids in the world. So. To this day, there are pyramids all over the world except Europe. Why was that? How is that? Why was there no pyramids built in Europe? Just a, a food for thought. But Europe claimed the pyramids in the 2012 Olympics. So as we, I saw this happening, as I saw this unfolded, I was just at odds, like stunned. Like, why are these pyramids, or st pyramid structures, sitting on top of the, we call it Olympic Stadium that was built to house 
the 2012 Olympics in Europe. I still don't have an answer. I just want to have a conversation. I need some help to understand how and why did this come about. But not just that. Let's fast forward to the closing 2012 Olympics. Another phenomena transpired. As the Olympics was coming to a close, they started this, they had a fire that was part of the closing, which represents the torch and the Olympic fire that got to keep burning. So then also there was a, I thought was an African group, which they are, but they was out of Brazil. The Europeans invited some Brazilian people to participate in the 2012 Olympic for the closing of the Olympics. And it, the way they was dressed, I mean, you know, African people, Brazilian people, the cultures still very, very similar. And, you know, in Brazil, still to this day, is the second largest, that the, the second largest nation of African people is right there in Brazil. So they had them to come during the closing of the Olympics, I guess, to represent the Africans. And what happened at this time, as the torch has been lit, and the torch is rising and opening. It went, it was open like a flower. Then it started closing. But also when it lit the torch, guess what rose up? The phoenix bird. Anybody know anything about the phoenix bird? It's the bird that we say that rises out of its ashes or rises from the ashes. But why is this important? Once again, it's not a part of the European history. This was not taken out of the European history. It has nothing to do with the European history. I know the Greeks claimed it once they learned about it from the ancient people, but we all know the phoenix bird came out of the great continent of Africa, Northern Africa and others who worship and honor the phoenix bird. Every 500 years, the phoenix bird has been known to rise from its ashes to his elegance, his greatness, out of the fire. And guess what happened in Europe? In August 2012, as the burning of the torch, the closing of the ceremony, the phoenix bird, the great ancient people, the great African people, bird that they, we don't know if, if it's a real bird or a symbolic, many do not know to this day. They've been taught to say that every 500 years, it rises out of its ashes, to his greatness, to show that you can't kill him, can't kill it. It will rise at his time. So I know Europe might have been stating, we are rising out of our ashes at this time. But it's not their history. So why would they use a symbol that is not part of their history or culture? I doubt if the Japan, if, if Japanese or the J Japanese would use a symbol that's not part of their culture. I doubt if the Japanese would use a symbol that is known for the Europeans or known for, the, for India or known for some other country of, of, uh, India, of uh, China. No, they're going to use symbolism. Everything they probably use will represent them and their culture and their history. They will not use any other symbols that has nothing to do with their culture or their history. So why did Europe chose to do that? They don't have a great enough history to be able to use, to bring forward. But we know that's where all the violence took place in Europe. 
They've been known for all the great war, warriors and creating wars, the generals and the different, you know, people that came out of Europe over the years, but very few besides the ones they call uh, the great philosophers, Aristotle, Plato, you know, and so many more. And the Aristotles and the Plato, if you go read their history, they tell you they went to the ancient cities of Africa, of Kemet, to learn what they learned. They was not taught it in Europe. And we know when the, when, when the so-called Alexander the Great, uh, the interesting thing about that, uh, you know, all my life I was taught Alexander was the Great. When I went to Egypt the first time, my only time, in 1990, so over 30 years ago, I went to Egypt. And it was the first time I ever heard they called him Alexander the Barbarian. So that's when you start learning everything is a matter of perspective. On the side of, of the world I came from, they call him the Great. On the other side of the world where he went and stole, did damage to the people, to their culture, they call him a Barbarian. But the name was city after him in the great country of Kemet, who we, that they now call Egypt to this day. But we also know in that great city of Alexander, they had the world's, it was the world's first library. So I'm telling you the library had, must have been now four, five, six thousand years old. The oldest library in the world was in North Africa. Who knew? Who would have thought about it? But when Greeks, the Greeks got there, they say they burned the library. I guess they did after they sit and copied, plagiarized, took all the knowledge, wrote it, rewrote it, and took credit for it in saying that the great Greeks are now became your great philosophers, which the ancient people call themselves the great sage, you know, because they had to be, you know, they, call it, they also call themselves uh, what we call, they call ministers today. But they had people like the great Imhotep, the first physician, the first doctor out of ancient Egypt, Kemet, Imhotep. And the Europeans call him, I got to get this name right, Ekla, I can't say the word, I don't want to get it wrong. But to this day, they still pay homage to him because Imhotep was the father of medicine. But to be a great sage as Imhotep, the great doctor, the great, 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 the great sage, the sage and the philosopher are similar, but a sage, you have to be proficient in science, math, chemistry, law, everything. So you have to understand how all these things work together, how they all are one. So the, so the great men and women of Egypt, they had to go to school for 40 years to learn this. Just They, they was proficient in all these things in order to become a, a great sage. So they was able to map the universe the procession of the star, the rotation of the moon, the sun. And to this day, we know we still worship these things. But let's get back to what I was saying about that. So at the 2012 Olympics, when the Europeans displayed the pyramids and the phoenix bird rising out of its ashes, were they claiming the African people history? Were they taking it? the birthright of the ancient African people by claiming that this is their rightful history, culture, or oh, they just were showcasing it because they really like it. And they really like what it meant. Well, those who don't know, you probably would have thought, well, that must be part of their culture. That's part of their history. 
Well, I'm here to let you know none of it was part of their culture or part of their history. So why would they even showcase that? Why would they even close out with that and even have these pyramids on top of their uh, Olympic stadium? That whenever you looked at the stadium, you saw these pyramids. So pyramids, pyramid represent fire, knowledge, and power. That's, how, that's the power of a pyramid. We say, well, no, nah, well, you know, pyramid is okay. Well, to this day, we know how powerful a pyramid is. Well, what you mean by to this day? Well, almost every church I know has a steeple on the top of it. Where you pass by a church, you see a steeple. And that steeple represents a place of worship, a place of power, a place where the Lord dwells, a place where energy, fire take place. Because the steeple is nothing but a pyramid. It's the exact same shape of a pyramid. So it represents power, dunamis, fire. So that's where the, we've been taught that gua, that's what we've been taught is where God dwells. So to this day, a church has a steeple, which is only a representation of a pyramid. Now you can make it, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but it's only a pyramid, that triangular shape that came out of ancient Africa. So to this day and the days to come, we know that we still use the pyramid to represent a lot of things. But why would the, the Europeans claim the pyramids and the phoenix bird to say that they're rising out of that, their ashes? Now, the, if you ask me, Europe is the country that burned down other countries. So other countries still riding out of the ashes and the damage that Europe caused to them. You know, so I'm just having a conversation with myself that I want to share with you and help that hopefully that you can help me to come to some understanding and hit us up. Uh, go to our uh, website and leave a comment and let's have some conversation, some dialogue on why did Europe use the pyramid and the phoenix bird at their greatest moment that they could display the greatness of Europe but they displayed the greatness of Africa, the pyramids and the phoenix bird, not the greatness of Europe. So why did they choose that? Why was that important, so important for them to utilize those symbols? Because we know the power and the importance of symbols. So anybody who sees a pyramid, the pyramid today, do they think of Europe? When you, when you see the phoenix bird, do you think of Europe? No. I wouldn't think so. Maybe the younger people, they, they was braining themselves. So you might have been rebraining themselves, right? To be the, the creator of knowledge. And we know that's not true. Please, we know that's not true. So please help me by hitting us up and let us know what you think about Europe using the ancient African symbols to display at the 2012 Olympics. And always remember this here. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it.
And I'd like to thank you for tuning in once again to Count Time Podcast. I'm Brother L. Diazobra. Thank you once again. Remember, it's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted.